Powered by Reb Media in partnership with TSN, episode four, season five of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast. And it is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. And Ray, my good friend, you know what goes well with any Canadian Club Whiskey? Is a nice what? piece of meat. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. So, so is it, are you back to smoking season here, Drakes? I I am. I am. Uh, so I get up early this morning. Um, Katie is coming back from uh, from law oh, school nice, yeah. late this afternoon. I think Mason Dreger will make his way. He's working today uh, at Sleeman Brewery, though, by the way. Um, so we'll get him back into the mix here. Um, but I've got the ribs. On, and it's going to be a, a smoke-slow-cook combo, if that makes any sense to you. Because I, I, I don't like to over-smoke, Ray. So it's smoking right yeah. now. I'll let it smoke for about an hour, maybe 90 minutes, and then just leave it at like 220 and just slow cook those bad boys all day. So you know your your enthusiasm for this quite escapes me. And I yeah, you know I know I, I know, yeah. I know people that do it and love it. Mm-hmm. My my son Landon mm-hmm. loves it. He's he's right into that stuff. And yeah. Um you know, actually Matt is too, my my oldest. He there I just I just want to eat it. So if you want to go, if, if <laughs> well, you somebody go, has to make it and prepare it, Ray, for oh, you to eat it. Oh, but that's this is the problem I have is that you, you and Ryan, you know, Rashog are sitting there talking about. Oh, are you? Is it this kind? Is it that kind? Are you using wood chips or whatever you're doing? And yeah. you make it sound like you're doing all this work. You just told me no. you get it to two twenty, you fire the stuff in, and you go away for hours. Yeah, like that's you're exactly not doing what anything. Happens. You're not doing I know. anything. I, I posted a video on Instagram, um, and automatically it's going to come across as I'm shilling for a new smoker, or it's just shameless plugging and all of that, because it's a little pit boss. And even you, my friend, could manage this thing, because you know what you do? You plug it in. It's electric. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You, you put the wood pellets, whatever flavor you want, they go into a hopper, and then automatically they're augered into the barbecue. So you set your temperature, and you just leave it. You just walk away. Okay. Now I th- I think I can handle this. You can the, the, do this. Yeah. That that sounds like something I could do. And then yeah. I could tell everyone, oh geez, I'm yeah, I'm smoking this stuff. Look back at home. this. Yeah. Like this I've really done competition something. quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Well, and look, it's we're recording uh, episode uh, four here at six thirty a.m. Pacific time, nine thirty yeah. Eastern. So, so when um, you said you were up early, what were you up at the clock yeah. eight? No, six forty-five Eastern every every day. That's that's when my body really? clock hoists me out of bed. Yeah, uh, oh, that's, so, I like that. Yeah. I like the early start. I like the early. Yeah, start. So, so look at the, 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 there will be a point this weekend being a holiday weekend where I will sip on a lovely glass Today, CC, uh, but for at, sure like 9 30 in the morning when you're getting the smoke that's a touch that's a touch but this is now that's actually with canadian club this is to me this is the season you start yes for me is. that it's more comfortable like i'm like oh yeah now's the time yeah, i got it all right let's uh get to the tim horton's headlines right and a uh, lot going on as there always is as you cruise into the latter stages mm. of the preseason because decisions are being made um, and younger players are forcing tough decisions Ooh. to be made. So thank you to Tim Hortons. And a reminder, Canada, Tim's NHL trading cards are back with an all-new set, so get ready to unpack the thrills, score your favorite hockey stars, hot commodity here. 
Grab them before they're gone. They're available now only at Tim's. We're going to talk about some of these young players that are pushing the envelope here, making a case around the NHL. But first, news out of the boardroom. The uh, Board of Governors met this week, right? And you know Commissioner Bettman. He never says anything unless he has certainty that this is what is going to happen. And, And if you try and push him into a corner to answer a question and he doesn't want to answer it, he can get annoyed. Right. He'll just say, why do you keep asking me this? You know, I'm, you know, we're not there yet. You know, whatever it is, there's a deflection. So he, he basically announces that the salary cap is expected to go up by probably close to four and a half million dollars next year. Not shocking, not even surprising, Ray, because we've been expecting this. Right. right. Uh, the player's debt will get paid off at some point this season. So I guess what I'm asking here is if you look at the top of the crop, of pending unrestricted free agents. And a lot can get done in negotiations over the course of the year. But I'm looking at Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck with the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, it's Toronto. So we're going to read and hear a lot about William Nylander and whether he's right. negotiating to stay or not. If, if you're one of those men, and now you've learned that the cap, and the agents would have known this, they would have expected this. Does that further galvanize your position to just say mm, I, I'm not I'm not signing in season I'm gonna roll the dice um, and I'm either gonna get my money from this the team that I'm with because there's more money in the hopper or they'll they'll be a place for me they'll be a competitive place for me based on the cap going up that much I think it puts more pressure on the teams and the reason I say so is the um, you know the the players of course are expecting and have been hoping for this increase in the in the cap over the last couple of years and and so now here we are you're on on the cusp of it and their their leverage is that they will and can say to their manager um look we know the cap's going up there's more money in the system if you can't sign me to the deal that i think's fair or that i want now i'm gonna walk to july 1st and right. so the leverage point really is with the players because everybody knows there's another 125 or so million dollars minimum in the in the system next year uh, for mm-hmm. for player salaries and it and it is significant. Um, the player already knows for the most part if he wants to stay or not. I mean, I guess something can change between now and um, you know in the end of their contract uh, one way or the other. But I think probably probably Hellebuck and Shifley and some of the other names that are that are out there, and they're they're the two most prominent because um, they're unrestricted at the end of the year. Um, they've probably got a pretty good idea as does Kevin Shevel Day off as to sure. what the road forward might look like. And does the extra money help them? May have them being Winnipeg? Maybe, you know. But but though they probably already have a pretty decent idea about you know what what the next six or eight months are going to yeah. look like. All right, we're not going to get bogged down in negotiations here in headlines, but we are attacking news of the week. And Jamie Drysdale signs a three-year deal with the Anaheim Ducks yesterday. Right. Uh, $2.3 million per. Pat Verbeek, the GM, absolutely squeezed Drysdale yeah. and, and uh, Trevor Zegras right to the brink, right to the brink. And in, in Drysdale's case, because he doesn't have games played, 
he was in a real tough situation. We talked about this because Anaheim right. owned his rights for two years, no arb rights for Drysdale. This is an incredible deal for the Ducks, mostly because they get that third year, right? You know, I, I'm sure both sides were were pushing for a, a two-year bridge. Anaheim gets that that third year. So is this combination of good business management by Verbeek uh, and opportunity for the player? Or because the squeeze was so significant, as a club, do you risk pissing these players off? No, like it, those kids didn't really have a choice, right? They got to get back into the league and they got to get playing. It's just their second mm-hmm. contract. Or does that even matter? It ma- It only matters to me, Ray, because of the mountain of cap space that the Ducks have. This wasn't the Ducks trying to squeeze these two players under their salary cap. Right. This was Pat Verbeek grabbing that second contract by the throat and saying, I'm using all of the tools that I have to cut the best deal moving forward. Well, uh, there's lots there. So first off, the the cap and the mountains of cap space, maybe he doesn't have that mountains of cap space from the ownership. Maybe they said, while we're yeah. rebuilding, we have our yeah. own internal cap, and our internal right. cap is X, whatever whatever that might be. As for the player, he can, he can be pissed off as much as he wants, but it's up to him and his support team to understand that there is going to be a time when he has leverage. Yeah. And Jamie Drysdale is a, you know, is a terrific young, exciting player who lost a year to a shoulder injury. And so this year, um, you know, he's got to reestablish his, his game to, you know, he has not shown, and it's of no fault of his, he would have shown it last year, but he hasn't shown that he's an everyday NHL or that he's a, He's going to reach the potential we, that most of us think that he'll get to. So he yeah. can do that this year. Then you got two years to go. And then guess what? Guess who's got the leverage? Mm-hmm. And by the way, you're, if you're Anaheim, just because you have cap space doesn't mean you have to give it away. Doesn't mean, if you give right. Jamie Dry, if you don't, if the, here's the risk the manager runs into. If, if you give away more than you really want to, because you don't want to grind so hard with this early contract, the dollars might seem insignificant now, right? But in three years, when Drysdale maybe throws a couple of fifty-point seasons on the board, uh, then those dollars aren't significant. You're starting from a new place, yeah. and so sometimes you have the hammer, and sometimes you don't. And the team had it now. Hand ringing for DJ Smith, the head coach of the Ottawa Senators, and as we're recording. This episode of Ray and Dregs, we're recording here on Friday morning. So again, mm-hmm. things can change with a phone call. So there's just the disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We're, Shane Pinto's an established NHL player, right? He is. He's a good and, player. And yep. You've got some uncertainty with Josh Norris, who strangely is having trouble with that surgically repaired shoulder. I, I mean, he's got stiffness. He's got soreness. Who knows? I mean, you've probably lived that. Um, it was curious how DJ kind of worded the explanation of where Shane, or uh, Josh Norris is and and kind of pl- laid it out there, saying maybe there's a mental hurdle that he's going to have to get through. <sighs> For me, that's a bit of, of dangerous territory, right? Um, if I were a coach, I wouldn't talk about player injuries at all. I, I just, Never. It, Never. It, I, I was told he wasn't available. I'm not sure what it is. 
We'll update you when we have more information. He's just not available to us right now because correct me if I'm wrong. Are you not like you're literally in this case trying to get into the head of a player? Well, yeah, you medically know, I, he's I, fine, but mentally he's not so good. Like, let, that's let my jump, read on let, it. Let me jump into that. We just finished talking about Pat Verbeek and, and Jamie Drysdale and about the relationship between management and player and whether the player would be upset. Um, you know, given the contract he signed, I would be more upset if my coach questioned whether I wanted to play or not. Mm. I, I I really would. I would I would get over the the money thing in a hurry because I still making two point three million dollars and I'm twenty years old and and I'm going to get back and play and I and I know next time I'm going to have the leverage. Mm-hmm. However, I I would be I would be sour. I, I really would. I, I would be like, look, I'm doing everything I can. Like I, you know, I can, I, I just don't feel right. If that's indeed the case, if you don't feel right, the doctors can tell you everything that they can tell you medically. But if it doesn't feel right, if your shoulders just, it, sometimes it, it is a feel. And maybe sometimes you do have to fight through a little bit. But if this has gone on long enough, he's clearly not comfortable. And that's a that's a tough spot to be. Um, yeah. And some guys look look. We're not there. We're not Josh Norris. We're some guys can handle more than others. Some guys are comfortable with more than others, and mm-hmm. that's not that's not a positive nor a negative. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Every everybody's different. Look, jo- Josh is a he's a really good player and a really important player for them. And, and Shane Pinto at at his stage of his career is a really valuable player for what Ottawa has. And if you take the middle of your, your ice, the centers and got out two thirds of your top, top three, you're, you're going to be in tough. Here's the other thing is those guys are going to have to come from a dead stop to the season. And generally speaking, if you start camp slow it or, or start camp absent and miss the preseason, it takes you a while to catch it. I, you know, I've, Long called it, you know, you're trying to get on a moving bus. And it's tough to find the door sometimes. It takes you a while. Okay, we're going to talk about the young players that I teased in in just a moment. But we've had Brendan Gallagher of the Montreal Canadiens on the podcast before. And and you've got history with with Galli. He's a real good dude. Arpan Basu of The Athletic um, wrote an interesting piece talking about maybe the reality here that the structure of the Montreal Canadiens could see Gallagher on the fourth line, um, probably with Jake Evans, and who knows how they, they fit that. Um, you know, I'm at a, I, I, my thinking with Gallagher is he might be one of the few players in the NHL, right? Okay, and this is, this is where the Montreal Canadiens, where they are. We, no one expects him to compete mm. for a playoff spot, but you do have to develop a culture. And Gallagher, high-character individual, He'd be all in for that. Um, but there'll be some in that market fans who go, how can you pay a fourth-line player $6.5 million on that? Well, <laughs> he wasn't a fourth-line player and probably isn't today based on, 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 that, on that dollar value. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, what would your reaction be to Galley playing on the fourth line in Montreal? And then number two, if that's the case, he would be a hybrid, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he be a Corey Perry where you give him power play time and you just you find ways to kind of wet his beak throughout the year? 
well, he would be for sure. But I, it, it, it's interesting as players get older, um, and, and the circumstance of the team changes. Um, and I think in this case is probably a marriage of those two is that, you know, the Canadians are, are not in a place like Ottawa and Buffalo yet where, you know, they, they think they're and Detroit, that they think they're, they're right there. They yeah. can, um, they can push this year for a playoff spot. Montreal's developing young players. They need ice time for those players. It does, it does young players no good to play eight minutes a game and Gallagher's probably, a player that would chew up some ice time mm-hmm. that could go to some of the younger players, which really the, this it, again, as you get older, it's really, you, you got to take a, a bite of a crap sandwich once in a while. <laughs> and, and that's like, and it is, you're better in your career than the position you're playing, but in your spot, you slide down the chart because mm-hmm. It's not so much about today, even though for you, the only thing that matters is today is your career. Now the organization has a look to the, to the immediate future. And probably you're not as big a part of it as you were just a few short years ago. Yeah. And it's a, it's a hard thing to look at. Like when, when I, when I was in LA, all of a sudden I'm looking around and I'm like, Ooh, you know what? Like Joseph Stumple is a really good player and he's going to be our top centerman and who I'm not going to be in that. When the power play starts, I shuffle to the left. Yeah. I don't jump over the boards. Like it's, it's an ego, it's an ego hit, but I, I do know Galley and I do know that um, where his position to start is, is probably not going to be where he's going to finish right. because he he just will will himself into a a different place, and so it it is um, it is interesting. You know, the, the Canadians got a lot of young players that they want they want to give them road to run on right now, and and so that's a yeah that's a that's an interesting spot. So a number of teenagers are on the cusp of making NHL rosters, or at the very least, you know, extending their stay. You know, yeah. and then the decisions for the clubs get tougher. You know, if you go beyond nine games, you burn off year one of the entry-level contract. Uh, that's not position A for a lot of teams for obvious reasons, mm. but some are okay with it. I mean, if the player has earned that right, um, then why wouldn't you? You know, why worry about that first year? Because if he's going to be a player, then he's going to help you in in the here and now. But Okay, but so a- Drake's, but so, so that goes back to Drysdale again. Yeah. It's like it does matter because what if one of these young kids burns off that first year and then gets into a position where you really got to pay them. Yeah. Come the end of their entry. Sooner than contract. you were hoping. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so it does, it does matter in that regard, but. Yeah. You know, there are a number. And, and so when I put the call out on social media to, you know, fire us questions, ask Ray and Dregs anything, it was curious. We probably had three or four come in specifically on these young guys. Mm. Um, you know, there's so much talk around Fraser Minton and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so much talk and deservedly so. I mean, he was he was really good again last night against the Detroit Red Wings. So he's got one more tune-up game on Saturday. We'll see. I think he's playing. I'm not sure of that. Um, Kamloops just they the Kamloops players just can't envision going the year without Fraser Minton. They love the fact he's having a 
a good start to his NHL career. But they love the idea better that he comes back to Kamloops right, and then right. is a key figure on the World Junior Championship team. So your thoughts on Minton. Um, I got a t- couple of questions on on Boston's Matty Potter, who I know well personally. I mean, he's having a sensational camp mm-hmm. with the Bruins. Scored again last night. Actually, the game-winning goal for the Bruins over the New York Rangers. You've got Zach Benson in Buffalo. Nate Danielson looked good last night for the Detroit Red Wings. So where are you on these? Yeah, these these kids aren't Bedard. We know Connor Bedard is going to play and will likely right. be a star for the Chicago Blackhawks. So no sense talking about that but where are you with these 19 year olds and and kind of being right on that cusp on that edge of sticking in the nhl well i think the teams are probably all really enthusiastic and pumped that these young kids have had such a great camp yet you know when they think for 10 seconds they go man this was not supposed to be like they you know they they Nobody comes into camp and thinks, you know, maybe this 18 or 19-year-old can make our team. They, they just don't think that way. Yet, every once in a while, somebody just jumps up and, and surprises yeah. you. Um, it is interesting. Every year, there's, there's a couple of players like this. And come the end of camp or, um, you know, the, the first part of the season, they, they just can't maintain – the pace they played at that made them so interesting in camp and they end up getting sent back to junior. Now, last year, there's a great example of one that nobody really even gave him a chance in Dallas. And that's Wyatt Johnston. And great, great example. And by the, by the end of the camp, <laughs> when, when they were, you know, they were talking about players, Pete DeBoer said he was going to go hide, Johnston so that Jim Nill couldn't find him in case he was thinking of sending him back. Well, he had, he had an amazing year. And yeah. we, we had a Dallas game. I Dregs had to be in December and we were talking to Johnston after the morning skate and he came out and he looked like Jamie Ben's younger brother or like, he looked like he, like by 20 years, he looked like a little kid. He had an amazing year. Some guys can do it. And when, and so I, I think like Minton's in a place that there's a pressure in Toronto that's different in a lot of places. And he seems to me the type that has made this great bolt into consciousness of the Leafs management and certainly the fan base. Yeah. And it might not be the best place for him on the long term, but they get a they get this nine game look. They got plenty, they still have plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Um, Patras is, he's Wyatt Johnston. He's going nowhere. I just, I watched him last night and his, his ability to get around the ice. He always kind of, I don't know if he's the fastest guy. Johnston's not. I don't know if he, they're kind of built pretty similarly. I think, um, you know, they're really thin still. And if you look at his goal, he gets into the front of the net and he realizes that he's in too deep, that there's no pass. So he backs up two feet. The pass comes, he shoots it in the net. And I'm like, <laughs> that is, I, I'm going to say that is unteachable, what what happened in that moment. He just, you know, because it's not like you go, oh, gee, I'm too deep here. Maybe I should yeah. move back two steps. It's too late. Like, he just got in there, looked, and went, oh, wrong spot. Backed up, yeah. it's in the net. 
like so Danielson so Patras I think is he's he's starting the year there they they also have the need for it with Bergeron and Krejci retiring that's an enormous hole at the top of their center lineup and yeah this kid has given them more than pause to go you know what he deserves to start the year here uh Danielson's in a different spot in Detroit because Detroit is so young and Iserman has been loath to start young guys in, you know ahead of their ahead of their time there yeah so yeah. I think it all depends on the team and the circumstance but man isn't it cool when young guys start <laughs> to get noticed and you're like wow this guy you know team it's easy to get running it downhill is. and you're like oh my god I think that guy can play what if he can play and oh my god with the cap the way it is it gives us a player at 862 and you know like it it's pretty interesting, but of that group, and Benson would be another one. Benson's had a great camp. He has, yeah, really. Um, but I, I would say, you know, the the one that stands out is Patras in um, in Boston. I, so, I just, I think he's, I think he's there. So, quick story, um, and full disclosure here. I, I mean, I know his family very, very well. Phil, his dad, is a good friend of mine. Phil and Trish, his mom. Um, so they're obviously watching the Bruins game last night. We've got it on in studio, but we're doing the Leafs and the Red Wings game. So I'm keeping an eye on it. I see in the intermission that our good pal, Darren Pang, is is interviewing Matty Potra, right? And so I text the dad, Phil, and he responds and he goes, I, I can't say exactly what he said, but he's like, Jesus. <laughs> Trisha turned the channel as soon as the period ended. She wanted to see what was going on in the Leafs game. So awesome. and he goes, I'm sour. So they missed the they, interview. They missed the interview. Right. So instantly, being the S disturber that I am, I'm like, oh, that's too good. So I text Panger, who's working the game, right? He's between benches. I'm like, Panger, I said, you're not going to believe this. So he doesn't know that I know Phil and Trish and, and Maddie. I know him very, very well. And so I tell him that story. But I'm not thinking he's going to broadcast the story. So he tells the story on air. And like five minutes later, I get a text from Phil and he's killing himself laughing. He goes, I love that you just threw Trisha under the bus. <laughs> but you got to know Panger better than that. If you, oh. if you lob an apple up in the air like that, man, it is done, finished. <laughs> Well, I'll 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 be careful the next time, especially when I know he's actually, you know, uh seconds away from a live microphone. So all good. Anyway, those are your Tim Horton's headlines. Tim's NHL trading cards are back. Unpack the thrill. Score your favorite icons with an all-new set. Get yours before they're gone. Only at Tim's. Interviews on Ray and Dregs brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey. Introducing the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series. Yum, yum. CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. It's their signature CC Classic 12-year-old finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Cask. And all the hall hallmarks rave classic Canadian club yeah. with the added richness and sweetness of sharing. We're going to, we're going to do things a little different. And I don't think CC's going to mind this next week. Normally we like to schedule our interviews on Tuesdays. I don't know why we just do, right? We have two podcasts. I don't know. That's what you do. Yeah. I just show up. And, yeah. Well, you know, you know. You don't so want I, me gumming up the process. So. <laughs> I've been going back and forth with the great people at uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And Cole Caulfield 
is going to join us next week. But because of their practice and travel and all that, um, the only time you can do it is Friday. So that would be episode six. So our next CC installment of the Rain Drakes interviews will be Cole Caulfield of the Montreal Canadiens. Can you make Friday work? Friday should work for you. Friday will be, uh, I will be in Washington for the Capitals home opener against nice. the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I will, I will knock off the podcast early and uh, game at night. And that uh, the Caps play like one game in the first week for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. They're, they're sitting around, which sucks. The players just want to coaches Spencer Carberry making his NHL head coaching debut. They just, they just want to get going. They do. A lot of teams feeling that too, but you're yeah. right. Just give them a few games that they're playing. Ask Ray and Riggs anything. We invite you each week to send your questions. You can do it on our socials, Twitter, Instagram, at Ray and Riggs, or on the website, rayandriggs.com. We got a few from the website, Ray, so we're going to show the website a little bit of love here. Um, Keith Cavanaugh is asking if the lightning don't make a move and we've kind of touched on this in the past, but if the Tampa lightning don't make a move and decide to go with their current goaltending scenario, do you think they will fall far, uh, fall too far behind the pack in the Atlantic division without Andre Vasilevsky in the first couple of months of the regular season and miss the playoffs? I don't think they're missing the playoffs, but I guess it's possible. Well, I I don't think they get through the weekend with the same goalies. Um, I, I do I do think there are there are options available for them that'll pop up on waivers that'll give them at Martin, least Martin uh, Jones, you know, Martin sure, Jones, uh, maybe Alex Lyon if. Um, if he pops through and like Detroit might keep three goalies. Here's something that might happen. It's a lot of them. Yeah. But here's something drags. that may happen is that teams may not want to expose a goalie and keep yeah. three to start. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo would be one of those teams. They've got, you know, um, with it, with Uka Pekalukkanen and, and Eric Comrie, they might not want to expose one of them. Montreal um, is another, right? I mean, there's a yeah. few of those. Yeah. Yeah. Montreal all of a sudden is like, if, would they put Montembeau on waivers? Well, they're not putting Caden Primo on waivers because they'd yeah. lose them. They know they'll lose And so, yeah. I, if, so if you're Tampa, now all of a sudden you look, you say, okay, we've got our, the two guys that we have, and Johansson and Matt Tompkins, who played last year in, in or the last few years in Europe, was on the Canadian Olympic team. Yeah. Are we okay with those guys, or do we look at the possibility of Montembeau and Jones and Lyon, uh, perhaps Comrie, if they're on waivers, do we, are those guys better? And that'll be yeah. the decision. And it won't be, they have, they have no concern over the cap because, you know, they can, they, they'll put away Vasilevsky's salary. And when he comes back, the salary they'll have to deal with will be small enough. They'll be able to. Okay. I, I'm with you. I think that they're going to have to address that. They're just waiting to see what the market shows them. And we'll learn that. We'll learn that in the very near future. Uh, we get this question. I get this question probably once a season here. And it comes from Sean Main this year in season five. Curious about how Dregs gets his insider information. And, and as soon as I read that, I thought, this guy's taking a shot at me. He's going to be one of those clowns that says, hey, he makes it up half the time. And doesn't. And, but here we go. Obviously, you can't give up your sources. But do people in NHL organizations contact you? Or do you hear whispers 
and then you reach out, contact them. I presume they aren't supposed to give you information, but they do. Just curious about your process. And he's kind of worked it through, to be fair. And we, again, I wouldn't say you jab me about this. I, I think you have an appreciation for how I go about my business because mm-hmm. we've worked together for so long. But he's kind of nailed it without outing sources. I'm not going to do that. But as I've talked about, we, you and I have known each other a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are NHL coaches and NHL managers and presidents and owners that I've known for the better part of 20, 30 years, right? So right. it's gotten trickier, I would say. If, if if we're caught up in breaking news as insiders, it's it's way more difficult because of social media. Stuff happens immediately. Ten seconds later, uh, you're no longer the author of the breaking news. But it comes to relationships. That's the way it is. You treat people the right way, and hopefully when you need them to pick up the phone to say, okay, you just made a big trade. Why did you do that? For me, that's the information that matters. And that's what I work hard to. Well, uh, I would say as well, um, you know, if if a coach wants to get his ideas out there when mm-hmm. we're meeting with them, yeah. um, they'll tell us their ideas. And you've got to be careful that you don't just amplify his message that he wants <laughs> to get out, <laughs> whether it be right or wrong. And so yeah. it, there is a little bit of... Um, uh, it's, I don't know. I guess you get better at it, or or you think you get better at at you know putting a sieve out about what can go through and what can't. Because yeah. sometimes they're just trying to send their message through, yeah. and yeah, that you got to be you got to be careful with that. So I mean, you know Jody Vance, of course. She's uh, you know she's she's now part of a pretty successful talk show in in Vancouver. I used to work with Jody back in the early days at Sportsnet. And this is pre-Twitter, but a funny story nonetheless. Uh, Mike Keenan had worked at Sportsnet temporarily. I got to know Mike during that time. We became fast friends, right? So he goes now back into the world, I guess, coaching um, in Vancouver. Maybe it was Florida. Would have been Florida with Pavel Burry. And Burry had injured his hand or something. So I'm having a conversation one morning with Keenan. And he says, yeah, bad news with Pav. He's going to be a while, whatever the injury was, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, do you mind if I report that? And at the time, again, no Twitter. So you post it or you go on TV and you talk about it. So I post something. Anyway, I'm going to paraphrase. Jody was anchoring one of the, the news shows on Sportsnet. And she she essentially says, you know, one of the perks of having a, a coach work for your network is when stuff happens like injuries, they call our insiders or our hockey people, which is exactly what happened. Oh, boy. <laughs> <With> my key <laughs> calling that. I was like, oh, my God, did she just say this? <laughs> Oops. Anyway, we might get a good chuckle. We had a good laugh about it, but that's kind of the stuff that goes on. It doesn't happen anymore. All right, Victor Troy, to wrap up, uh, ask Grand Dregs anything, right? Uh, you've said in the past that you didn't keep or collect much memorabilia, right? Mm-mm. From either your playing days or those around you. But Victor is asking, do you have one item that you kept or cherish? Or is there a piece you wish you would have kept or maybe asked for from someone you played with or against? Well, right next to where I'm, you know, we're taping this is uh, our my room with the furnace and stuff. And in there is sticks that have been taped together 
<laughs> since I retired in 2002. Yeah. I, I've never put them up. I've never, I, I don't know why I haven't been a, a memorabilia guy. I don't have one piece of memorabilia from any sport that I would go, oh, you got to see this. I, I just don't. And do I wish I had some? Yeah, I look at some guys, you know, caves or whatever, and I'm yeah. like, Oof, they got some great stuff in there. I, you know, like I, I don't even have all of my jerseys up on the wall. Like I, you know, like I, I just, I just never, I don't know. I just never got into the, the collecting part of it. I just, I just didn't. I, I got a few autographs on the way of like Jim Rice was my favorite baseball player. I got a chance to get a, his autograph at one time and don't know where it is. I, I, <laughs> like I, yeah, I can't I, I see just, you chasing like, and some players do. Maybe like Aaron Ward used to tell the stories of all the guys that he'd kind of chase down and ask yeah. for a stickers. I, I, I can't envision Ray Ferraro chasing Wayne Gretzky down after he scored his 12th consecutive 50 goal year. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but honestly, the, the sticks that I do have, I don't even know who they are anymore. I know Mario's one because it's way taller than everyone else. Uh, nice. They're in that, they're in that plastic wrap. That no. you, um, you know, oh, like bubble wrap. It's not bubble wrap. It's like a packing okay. wrap. They're okay. all they're all together. I think there's I don't know maybe fifteen of them, mm. but they're right next to the the furnace. So yeah, I, I I just I keep saying oh I gotta get those up and then I don't know what am I gonna put them up an owl for? So well, just do me a favor. Don't <sighs> cut them up and build them into a coffee table or something ridiculous. No, I, I won't. Like, well, like, first of honor all, the memory. Dregs, you've known me long enough. Could I cut anything up and, and Your make it into made, anything? Yeah. yeah, there's no chance. Useless, <laughs> useless. All right, we're going to land the plane here on episode four of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast. Before we do that, and uh, I didn't participate, and I mean, you have, have gone through so many of the TSN Top 50 countdowns over the years, so you know what that process yeah. is like, and and and... You know, it's a it's a task. You know, you just don't sit down and put 50 names on a piece of paper. You're projecting the top 50 players. So that's being unveiled on tsn.ca. Uh, we right. won't go through all 50. Im impossible task. Really. Like incredibly hard if you're doing it the right way. So how about when you make your list and then there's somebody you have totally forgotten yeah. and it comes to your attention somehow and you're like, well, where do I put him? And who am I taking out? Yeah, like it, uh, it. I don't know. I always found that to be like way harder than it should have been. Well, I'm going to just fully, fully admit that I would cheat all the time. I, I mean, Dave Poulin, as an example, you, you can appreciate Dave Poulin would invest a ton of time into it, right? Yeah. So I just say, hey, Poulin, just send me your list. I want to, I want to cross-reference it. There was no cross-referencing. I didn't even have my list done yet. Oh, I would come on. Just, I I would make a couple of subtle changes here or there, so it wasn't exact, but that was basically how I how I did it. So I finally just said, "That's not fair. I'm not doing it anymore." So I did. Also, oh, you you opted out. I opted out. An old Bob McKenzie trip, a uh, trick. I opted out. So just off the top of your head, give me your top five because I know what the top ten is well, right now. So you, is, is the top well, five feel pretty obvious. Well, do they? Okay. Well, number one would be who? It's Mick David. Yes. Two. Uh, 
That's where it gets tricky. See, like, I don't know. Do, do they have Makar up there? He's up there, but he's not in the two spot. Uh, Drysidle? Yes. Um, like, Drysidle's just an amazing player. Yeah. And, oh, man. So I got Makar. So McDavid, Drysidle, Makar, top three. So yeah, okay. Now, who do you see in the four or five spots? I would have McKinnon up there. Yeah, somewhere. That's four. Number four. You nailed number and, four. And um, five. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go a little bit off the board here. Okay. David Posternock. <sighs> He's seven. I think David Posternock is my favorite player in the league right now. I love watching him play. Yeah. And he, 61 goals last year. And he's, um, yeah, I, I, yeah. So he's seven, eh? He's okay. seven. I got yelled at during the intermission uh, of the Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings game by Jeff O'Neill because I had Austin Matthews number five. And both Pooley and Jeff had Matthews higher on their list than that. And Austin Matthews is number five. So it's McDavid, Dreisaitl, McCarr, McKinnon, and Austin Matthews, five. And then Matthew Kachuk is sandwiched between Matthews and Pasternak at six. Nikita Kucherov is eight. Jack Hughes, nine. And Miko Rantanen is 10. Yeah, I... We're we're just talking about a player and not what they mean to their team. We're just talking about the projecting player, what their year is going to look like. Who, yeah, who are the top I, I fifty players this year? This might be unpopular, but I wouldn't have Matthew uh, that high. Matthew Kachuk um, or Austin yeah. Matthews? Yeah, no, Matthews. Okay. I would have that high, but I okay. wouldn't have him any higher. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe I guess maybe you could flip him and McKinnon, but what what are, what are what's oh and what are the what are they saying he should be where? Two or three, I think, memory serves. No, I can't. I'm, no, I, I think that's a solid spot for him. Miko Rantanen at 10 and is is low for me. Interesting. I, I, that, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. And I think 50, whatever, five goals last year. Yeah. Like, he's not getting, he's not going to drop to 31. Like, that's not happening. no. no. I, I just, um, but honestly, you start splitting hairs like this and you, you really do. You, I liked to not talk to anybody when we were doing this because somebody would say something and then it'd make you question your own list. Oh, and I'm I know. like, oh, I can't do this, man. I'm never going to get this thing in. <laughs> and back then the quiz master was like, do you have that list ready? Is that list coming? Yeah, oh, yeah. Ah! <laughs> I need it by 6.15 a.m. Pacific time. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got it. Wrapping up. Bedard. Connor Bedard. Does he crack your top 50 as a rookie? Right yes. out of the gate? Yeah. Yeah. Me like too. I'd have him at 49 or 50. Like oh, you almost there, nailed it. That is exactly the territory that he's in. I, I, I don't have the full list in front of me, but I think 48. So yep. you can check it all out on tsn.ca. Well, thanks for doing that, Ray, because that was, I, I just, I'm always intrigued by the differing opinions, especially not that I concede to all X players, but mm-hmm. you, you do look at things differently than I would. Of course you do. That's your You know what? You know what? Right? Okay. I'll give you one example of why I hated those things. It's like, so like a player like Miro Haskinen, like he's an amazing player. Yeah. 
And every time I'd put them on a list, I'd go, or if I was doing it this year, I'd go, I, I know I would. I would say, I've got them too low. Yeah. And then I try to move them up and I'm yeah. like, okay, where do I, where do I move them to? And I would have them in the 15 to 20 range, I think. Yeah. But the, I'd want to move them higher. And I'm like, but it, it just, it would be such a frustrating it's fun, but it was frustrating. You know what they should do? Again, it is an average, right? Everybody submits their list, and then you know they, they go through the voting process and well, hear the number of votes no. for Matthews in the five spot and McDavid yeah. number one and all of that. Everyone who votes should have to present their list publicly so that the players oh. and the teams could see that you... Why are you? That would Why be would terrible. It would be a rotten idea. It'd be a terrible <laughs> idea. I tell you, you go ahead and do it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Be not. Yeah, you just play the. Bobby so you can Kenzie just Darren become Gregor a Gregor card. I'm out. So you, so you could just be a punching bag. It's just your opinion, man. <laughs> and especially for Beat you, because it. you're in so many buildings. You're right between the benches. You imagine when a player oh, skates got, out. Oh, you've got me ranked somewhere like that. Dang. <laughs> Great, thanks. There's nowhere to go. Awesome. I'm in a little unsanitary little box and i'm like yeah great thanks Being all right what do we got we got thanksgiving turkey what do we got going this weekend yeah we got thanksgiving Overnado dinner house. on sunday um nice. and um uh, monday i'm on the road to pittsburgh um hope to watch a couple of uh because the weekend will be okay after like after the you know cami will have a few minutes after the game tonight but yeah. we've been watching the diplomat Oh, interesting. Uh, Good. I, I, yeah, I do okay. like it. I like it a I lot. So, uh, and it's, uh, it's only one season right now. And so we can, we feel like we can catch up on that. So that's, that's kind cool. of the weekend. And then my season hits on Monday. So time to go. Travel, travel, travel. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Dregs, I hope you and, uh, your family, you get all the kids back. You guys have a, have a great Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Absolutely. Thank you to our sponsors as well who, Support Ray and Dregs and make the podcast possible. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey and Tim Hortons. As always, thank you for listening, rating, sharing the podcast, and for following us on the Ray and Dregs YouTube channel. Until episode five on Tuesday, have a safe and happy Thanksgiving, everyone.